Welcome to the Avail Leadership Podcast, where our goal is to help you take your leadership to the next level. My name is Virgil Sierra, and today we're connecting with Dr. Monty Madsen, president of Christ Mission College. Lean in as Dr. Monty shares experiences and insights in the areas of raising young leaders, engaging in true discipleship, and developing a family atmosphere in your organization. Let's get started. Hey, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Avail Leadership Podcast. As always, my name is Virgil Sierra. I'm the Avail Media host. I'm also the lead pastor of Vertical Church, a.k.a. Iglesia Vertical in South Florida, where we are one church, two languages, and we have an amazing podcast for you, as always, amazing leaders that are making a difference, impacting lives, impacting people for the kingdom. Uh, Our goal here at Avail Leadership is always to provide practical, relevant uh, leadership resources that are going to help you in the art of leadership. And so today, I have the blessing and the honor and the privilege of connecting with Dr. Monty Madsen, who is the president of Christ Mission College in San Antonio, Texas. Uh, He holds a doctor of ministry degree in global ministries from Fuller Theological Seminary and is passionate about raising up a bold generation of global community leaders. He's a disciple maker. Hey, Dr. Monty, I am so excited to get into this conversation with you. How are you doing and how do you feel being here on the Avail Leadership Podcast? It's great. It's good to see we got the same memo today on the blue shirts. Uh, Got it. Rocking the shirts. For everybody who's watching on video, you can see that we coordinated our shirts today. Hey, Dr. Monty, another thing we have in common is que hablamos español, somos hispanos. Claro que sí, gloria a Dios. (laughs) <laughs> Gloria a Dios. Um, what a, what a op- great opportunity for us to get to know more about you, Dr. Monty, and of course, about Christ Mission College in San Antonio. Uh, I think I think this would be a great opportunity for you to tell us a little bit about yourself, a little bit about your story before we get into some kind of some leadership content, what's on your heart, what God is doing in your life in Christ Mission College and all that. So tell us a little bit about who is Dr. Monty and how did you get to where you are and what do you do? I'm just a kid called to ministry, and my grandfather was the big denominational leader, part of the founding generation of the, the denomination, and he was part of starting 70 churches. So when the Bible School, which is Latin American Bible Institute, which is part of a huge part of this story, started, it was moving from El Paso to San Antonio. My grandfather made the big trip out to the country where I was, says, I hear you're called. You need to go to the Bible School. Well, I said, thank you, but no thanks. He left. He went to God. Then about a year or so later, I went to Bible school. <laughs> so that's kind of how it worked. I kind of blew him off. I mean, I, I, I didn't really have any anything there, but God began to move and 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 I'm here and I've continued. I was gone for about 20 years at, at another university and came back. So I've been here now another 20 years, just kind of continuing the legacy, but in a in a in a new direction. Wow. I, I, I think one of the things that I really enjoy about these podcasts is uh, getting to hear stories. Some stories start further, in, like, you know, in adult life. Some stories start kind of in teenage years. Some stories start as a kid. But it seems like your story was pretty pretty early on. Was your family kind of involved uh, in ministry just your whole life? Is that, is that what you experienced? Well, they were, but I wasn't. And so our family... I mean, to be honest, we they were of one denomination, we were of another. My dad was a, 
um, Iowa, Danish Lutheran. My mother was a Hispanic Assembly of God. We were Baptist, the happy medium. Just for those of you who got, you know, I've had a, a varied experience. Uh, so, so whenever my grandfather said, I think God's got something for you, Will, I really wasn't that open to that. And I find a lot of young people these days, are, it's, it's, a, it's a revelation to them. And I think God is moving in this generation. I want to tell you that I really think God's got something for this generation, uh, for people that I think are unexpected. They're not on our radar screen, but they're on God's radar screen. I love it. I love it. You know, I think um, one of the things that I want to delve into a little bit before I ask you uh, some other questions that I have kind of my, on my list of questions here is you're the president of Christ Mission College. Um, you know, for those for those who maybe it's their first time hearing about it or don't know too much about it. Tell us a little bit about the heart of Christ Mission College. What's the heart? What's the what, what's the, the vision and the mission? Well, it started off I mean, way back when with a, uh, a lot of people coming across the borderlands during uh, World War One, and it started off training lay people, and I think that's the heart. The heart is training lay people, where everybody's got a call to do something. It may not be a pulpit ministry, but they ended up. Everybody had a message because they all have Christ in their lives, and so I think that's the the basics right there. Is that this is for and and for women, not just men, but for women. My grandmother was a big, big influence in my life. I just spent time talking to her. She'd listen to me and the questions I had. She'd tell me, "I'm praying for you." And so it wasn't all my grandfather, but my grandmother. And so it just shows you kind of like the, the feel of what this, this movement's all about. I love it. I, lo- I love, I remember we were talking kind of in preparation for this. I-, I love one of the things, your perspective and the kind of the perspective of the ministry is that no matter where you are, no matter who you are, no matter what you do, there's a calling. There's, 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 there's a calling, there's ministry, there's something the Lord wants you to do. Um, what would you say is at the core, you know, what are some of the things that uh, CMC is known for, that, or, or at least that you want it to be known for? Yeah, I think it's that all are called. I mean, I think we, we tend to categorize things because whenever I was in Bible school back in the day, they'd line us up, all people who are pastors over here, all missionaries, <laughs> and then all others. I was in the all others category. Um, <laughs> And, and But I find that a lot of people coming back as um, alumni, people come, came, came back as many of the all others category, but still were ministering at ExxonMobil as uh, in, in um, uh, maybe county judges, uh, certainly school teachers, lots huh. of different kinds of ministries, of course, and the church planting and missionaries. That's awesome. Um, you know, something that just kind of struck me as we're talking here, you know, you're the president of Christ Mission College. Did you ever have that on your agenda? I mean, did you have that kind of like, hey, sometime in the future, I'd love to be the president of a college? Uh, and, and if not, how did, that, how did you land in that position? That, that was like the last thing on my mind. I mean, I wasn't even the class president when I was a, a, attending school here. I wasn't president of anything. I was a guy that was always in the background. It, I always kind of prided myself as like, where are you going to find this guy? He's like a in the back of the picture, never in the front. That was all God's doing. So I think it was just over the years, just working through. And that's the thing I think about the whole process is that when people say I'm this, I'm that, I think we need to leave that to God because he'll, he'll take you through a variety of roles, variety of things. As long as you just keep saying yes to God, he'll do things with you. And I want to tell you, I'm not kind of like my official title now as president, but can I tell you, I, I'm more of a pastor now and as a, as a father, mentor, 
kind of a guy. I've been an evangelist and, and a missionary in the mission field. So you just got to let God have that say, let him tell you what, you know, you need to do. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. You know, I, with what you're just saying, you know, the truth is whether, whether it's president, right. For formally knowing this for the, for the college, whether it's pastor, you know, whether it's missionary, uh, all of those have one thing tied in and that's what we're all about here at Avail. And that's leadership. Yeah. Leadership. Yeah. Uh, what, what, what would you say, how does leadership tie into the vision of, of equipping, you know, today's generation, young people, um, you know, for ministry, for missions, for, for, you know, being disciples, where do you see that tie-in with leadership? Well, I see the tie-in from the very beginning with, with unbelief. Um, we recognized a few years back talking to our student leaders that the, the average student coming to us these days, aren't like what used to be where you'd say they came, they were church kids and they had a, a great background a great Christian education background, a call to ministry, all the all the criteria, checking off the boxes, and then now all they need to do is put a polish on there and then get a degree and go out there. We're finding people going, I don't know why I, I, I'm here. All I know is God asked me to be here. And they're kind of like starting in this journey with the Lord. And I think that's beautiful because it's pure. It's simple. Mm-hmm. It's like saying you belong before you believe. And we're now taking them from what we call from the mission field to the mission field, from the mission field of unbelief and all that. And we're walking them through faith, through belief, through Christian character, through discipleship, through serving in the church, to now being a set one into the world and doing God's work. I love it. I love it. I know we're going to get to it a little bit later on how people can connect with and learn more about Christ Mission College in San Antonio. I think some people are going to probably be interested about that, Dr. Monty. Now, I, I want to kind of go into a question that maybe uh, uh, most of us kind of have in common, no matter where we are, <laughs> literally in the world. Uh, yeah. But, you know, whether it's church, whether it's parachurch, whether it's uh, education, you know, ministry, um, you know, 2020, this thing called COVID came into our picture, into our into our world. And it really, you know, it really has been in many ways, a crisis. It, it's impacted every aspect of life from, from literally gathering in churches. I, I'm pretty sure it, it impacted, um, you know, Christ Mission College in some way, shape or form. The adjustments probably had to be made. Um, how, you know, what struggles did you, did you encounter and have you encountered in the season, you know, and, and how have you, you know, what have you learned through this um, being, being the president of a, of a, of a Christ mission college, you know, being a pastor, being a leader in the community. Talk to me a little bit about that. Well, I think for all of us, I mean, it really hit us. I, I, we're in the same boat as any church. We're not here to say today, Oh, we, we've got a bigger vision, a better vision. Uh, we're part of the church. We're parachurch. And so, Whenever the churches were hit, we were hit. I was telling the story earlier about how I was in Nicaragua, one of the three mission trips we had in um, Central America during March of the many that we had out there. And I'm and I'm on one bar of service, cell, cell phone service, getting the news that COVID had hit, all the restrictions, all that. Huh. I'm in this little um, tropical forest there and just getting a garbled signal and trying to make sense of it all and and wondering what we were going to do where a lot of schools were like, well, we're just going to extend spring break. And that's cool. All our students were off. I mean, we had three, like I said, in foreign Central America, <laughs> all around the United States. We're wondering, how are we going to get these kids back? I, I tell the story like this. I said, 
we made it. I mean, we made it across the pool of the sharks, right? And people were complimenting us. We're going, no, no, no. Um, you know, we, we got pushed into this thing. We just had to swim. We looked back and saw who did it. It was God. You know, God pushed us in. And I think our pastors and all that, and if we're, if we're really honest with ourselves, felt like this was very unexpected. For, for schools, that have to be long-range planning, like five years ahead. It has to be set in accreditation. Our boards are all a big part of this. We've got huge constituencies. This was really a, like a wrench in the works. I mean, this is like, you must deal with this and deal with it now. You know, something I want to ask you, um, you know, you're dealing with students. I imagine, I could be wrong, but I imagine most of the students are, are young adults, you know, that, you know, you know, young, younger generation. Um, what did you see in them with, with, you know, with this whole, um, with this whole unexpected crisis? How, did, how was their response? What were their attitudes? I mean, I think that'd be interesting to, to hear. I, I'm, I was really surprised that students, the young people are a little bit more resilient than we give them credit for. <laughs> I, I think it's us, the parents who are like, we're, we're responsible for them that just kind of go and panic. Like we're like, oh my God, oh my God, you know, we've got to get these kids all masked up. I understand we followed all the protocols. We did all yeah. that. We sent them home. And that was a big crisis for us because now we're on Zoom with these kids, and I had a I had a course as a professor. I was spending two three hours at a time, and seeing them in their in their living rooms, and the rooms taken over, you know, that were taken over by their brothers and sisters when they left home. <laughs> uh, one kid had a pallet on the floor in his socks, you know, and and he was flipping backgrounds on us, and he had like uh, headphones on with a with a microphone trying to be like a bedroom DJ. It was hilarious, <laughs> but they were very adapted, adaptable. And I really give these guys credit for that. that. That's amazing. I think, you know, I think that if there's one thing we can get out of this is when, when these unexpected situations arise, I mean, you know, that's what we have. We have to be ready. We have to be ready. And I think, I think that's part of being on the mission field. You know, uh, when you're on the mission field, sometimes you don't even know where you're going to lay your head that evening or yeah. who you're going to run into, you know, in the journey. Um, let's talk about, there's something that, that comes up a lot when we talk about Christ mission. Uh, when, when, if anybody talks to you about the mission and the heart of everything, and it's, it's the issue of, of discipleship. Um, you know, people talk a lot about maybe having a productive and successful organization you know, whereas I hear you talk a lot about more about creating an atmosphere of true discipleship. Talk to me a little bit about that. What, 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 what's the, um, what would you say is, why is discipleship so important to you? And what, what's the difference between these? Well, it really comes back to the Great Commission, which says, go and make disciples. What we've done, I mean, the unspoken message that we do very well at our colleges, universities, is that we make ministers. We make we make uh, missionaries. We make pastors. We make leaders. And the word there is not any of that. It's disciples. And so what we had to do is we, we got, I had to get hit by a two by four. We were at a world mission summit years back, a few years back in Houston. And a college friend of mine uh, was, was listening to me talking to a career missionary as we saw 2,000 young people out of 6,000 going down to commit for years on the mission field. They had the pictures of the missionaries in their hands told to commit for a year, pray about a lifetime. We're just going, we're in disbelief. We're going, we've never seen that before. What is going on? My friend wheels around to me and he says, did you not know we were not discipled in Bible college? And I mean, a ton of bricks just fell on me and I mm. began to ask him, had him come speak to us. 
that really started the journey about, okay, then once we have a disciple, because what we were doing was we began to become tired of graduating diplomas without disciples. And that's really it. And we began to move. And I think that's the journey that's propelling us forward now. That that statement always catches my attention when you say it. We 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 don't want to graduate diplomas. We want to graduate disciples. Yeah. And I think yeah. yeah. I think I think that's that's God's heart. I mean, it's one thing to say something on a piece of paper or to or to have a title, like you said earlier. But it's one thing to actually be. Because um, right 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 now, I mean, what we have is we we thought I thought all I mean all my training kicks in all the long range planning. We program for everything. We show up to our board meetings with solutions. We we are program fanatics. And so, but we got into the trap of feeling like good programs approximate this whole thing in Bible school of making disciples. And we found out that we were pre- preparing people for ministry, but probably not for life. And you've got to have a walk with God and go through. I mean, we got to a point, we started baptizing students that had been baptized in churches because we're tr- expecting students to act like Christians, be called like Christians without having a life of a Christian. And going through a program, wow. it just can't be done. So now we're on track with going, okay, let's walk you through belief in the Lord Jesus Christ, get baptized into his body, see what the gifts and callings you've got are. Let's walk you through this journey called discipleship. I love that. What, what have you found? Because what you're talking about right now, in addition to discipleship, is kind of that first part, which is the just the spiritual walk, right? Strengthening the spiritual walk. What would you say, what's been effective for you in helping young people in their spiritual walks? Because some people in this, in some people in this world would probably think it's impossible. I could never imagine my teenager <laughs> having a spiritual walk. Some people might think that, especially, especially people who aren't maybe aren't church, you know, or or you know, haven't been in that environment. What would you say that you have seen most effective in helping young people truly develop and strengthen their spiritual walk? What we found, like, and this was really interesting that you asked that because I found myself being more effective traveling a thousand miles. We're on a mission field. <laughs> I get to sit down with the student team and we really get to talk where I'm teaching a class or I'm doing my thing here as president and never get that opportunity and never get to reach that deep or as close. So I, we just decided this is just not. So the first year we ran discipleship groups, I had one, our admins had one. We started this thing off and we were looking them in the eye. They were sitting in my office around my table and I had an assistant. And this is what happened. We got to talking and I had to be out for two because, you know, I'm the leader. and I had to be out for two and the assistant took over. And I came back after two weeks. They're all looking at this guy and he's and, and they see him as the leader. I can see that the shift happened right there. And I said, congratulations, Tony. You're the leader. Oh, no, no, Dr. Madsen. Don't. No, no, no. I said, no, look at you. It's happened. You're now the leader. Congratulations. And I mean, that handoff just happened. I thought that was the most beautiful thing because from that point, this whole organic dynamic of just being the family and working as, as, as a family, as, as a group, like, like Jesus's group did, was just a, just a fantastic thing. So, so poking into that, to what you're talking about now, kind of relationships, right? Um, what advice would you give to leaders in, in any area who want to know the people on their teams or the people in their, you know, in their college or the people that they're um, leading 
that they want to know him better. They want to, they want to really, truly, you know, um, know them to be able to mentor them all. What, what advice do you have for that? I, I think for me, cause I'm, I look back to scriptures. I kind of get a theology, take a theological approach, but we look at Jesus and I've challenged our students discipleship group to look at the life of Jesus. And I said, when he spoke at this particular occasion, who is he spoke speaking to and how many people were there? And we begin to find that there's just as many times Jesus speaks, not just to the multitudes as the right. great preacher and prophet, but he's talking to these little groups of people, sometimes to a Samaritan woman at a well, sometimes to a Nicodemus by himself. I mean, it's amazing that Jesus does that. Paul, we think, oh, Paul's the missionary, big groups and all that. You go to Acts 14, and here we go again. He's preaching, and in Acts 14, 21, he's preaching, and then it says, and then they made disciples, then they strengthened the discipleship group. And then what you begin to see is Paul, who's this guy who's like starts out as the assassin. He is nobody's friend. As you read through Acts, you see more and more people join the team, and more and more he's traveling with more people. And in his letters, going, Oh, say hello to this one. This is what they're doing. Say hello to that, that one. He gets to be real social because he adopted the Jesus style. It's just, it's just a beautiful thing. That's so cool. I, I, I remember as we were, you were kind of sharing with me a little bit of the heart of, of Christ Mission College. You know, those three things really came up consistently uh, strengthening the spiritual walk, you know, the, the um, discipleship, just, just true discipleship. And then family, right? Really, really uh, having an atmosphere where it feels like a family. That that's different than some other maybe colleges or universities. I mean, we asked students. Even we had the crediting team there. They said, "We know what you're saying, but we're going to go down the cafeteria and have a real talk with these kids and see what they say." And they kept coming back, going, "Oh my God! Oh my God! You guys are family. You guys are Mm. family. That's what they tell us." And so I didn't really believe it because, like. Here again, I'm, I kind of kept keeping insulated. I am like not the most social guy. You can, I'm not an extrovert. Let me just tell you that. I am not an extrovert. I'm an introvert. I've been forced into this. I've been forced to accept <laughs> this because that's just what my wife is the extrovert. I mean, she told me after we had that big moment in Houston, she says, this is what I've been trying to tell you. I mean, <laughs> get with the groups, you know, talk to them. I mean, be the dad and. I'm like, oh man, it was just like pulling teeth to get me to do that. And now that I am, I feel a lot more comfortable just being around because when we first came, this was like the progression that happened. When I first came, I came as the president. It was all about leadership. And then it was like, oh, no, it's all about academics. So it was all academics. So it's scholarship, scholarship. And now it's just discipleship, discipleship. I mean, all the other things are tools, but you know, the basic frame of reference for this young generation is you've got to, I've got to be a part of who you are. I've got to buy into you and your family to join up before we get going with all this other stuff. That's so good. You know, it, it it's, it's quite often that we see God pushing people out of their comfort zones. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I think it's a beautiful thing. I think, I think a lot of times we underestimate what God not only wants us to do, but what, what the capacity that we have. And I think that's why the obedience to, to the Holy Spirit's, you know, voice and to God's word will always lead us to places that we might not even imagine. Um, I, I have a question about, about kind of the, the recruiting process, you know, for, for, you know, potential students that, that are interested or, you know, have, have their eye, their eye set on going to, 
you know, it's a Bible college or, you know, and, and they have CMC. How, how have you guys built kind of a, a legacy or a process where people, where students are, are connected or wanting to come to CMC? I think there's a two-part process because we start with the regular go-to stuff that every college uses is that they use media, they use events, things like that. And so whenever COVID hit, the travel just went to the floor. I mean, we're not traveling. We can't travel because of COVID restrictions. Not because we didn't want to, but because people can't do events, large events and all that. Neither yeah. could we bring them. So that that's where kind of like Sam Chand and, and, and where uh, Martine come in is that we had them here, had Martine here and said, look, you guys had build on what you've been doing. We had missions trips and students would go and we tell them, look, just do missions, don't recruit. And then we found lots of students coming from these churches going, we love your students. We love what you're doing. We want to be a part of it. So that's how that kind of got going. Then when Martine comes and he goes, let's build on that and start having virtual events. And so this was kind of like the whole thing. It's another part of another question probably, but where uh, not only God, did God rock our boat and all that, uh, but that he, he told us to throw the net on the other side of the boat. The other side of the boat really is we didn't really have like a media presence out there to do that in that wow. way. Yeah, here's what happened. So COVID hits, we send students home, no chapel. What do we do? So we say, okay, do discipleship groups. So they started doing Zoom groups to stay going with discipleship. And they said, we're going to do that not just once a week, we're going to do it three times a week because we miss each other. That's kind of mm-hmm. like the basic thing. We miss each other, we want to stay connected. Then summer, the, the end of the semester, we finish remotely and they go, we want to keep going. So they kept going Zoom all these students through the summer as if the semester had not quit. Wow. And they began to stay on track with their discipleship, Bible readings and prayer through the summer. Wow. Middle of the summer, we're working with these prospects that go, Hey, we're interested. And they said, Hey, um, these groups say they'd like to meet you. And so these groups took on the prospects and threw them into their discipleship group and began to disciple them before they got to be students. Wow. Wow. So, so, Okay, so kind of piggybacking off of that story there, um, how can leaders learn from those that they are leading? What lessons, kind of like this, what lessons have you learned from the students or the faculty or the staff that you've taught over the years? I think it's just trust. I mean, you get to know them and you get to release a little bit those stony, hard, cold fingers of control. <laughs> I'm talking about myself because <laughs> I like to see myself as the visionary and I cast vision and all those good things. But once that's been done, the job's been done, people really do pick that up. And and our and, and our leaders, this is what they said. A year after this whole discipleship thing came up, we're sitting around this table talking to them and they said, what's up with all these events? What's up with... And, and they were like the sacred cows. We do missions every semester. We do revival week every semester. Those, those are, you know, they said, those are good. I said, well, what are you getting at? I said, we need to trust us. Well, trust us with what? I said, and trust us to help these students be daily disciples. And then this is where the vision really got going. And, and the same thing with the, the whole deal about the prospects. They said, we're, we're doing great with the students. Let us work with the prospects. Don't worry. Media is our friend. We know what this is about. Maybe you don't, Grandpa, you know, or whatever. Um, so this is kind of like I'm just letting them go. And to hear them talk, I listen to them now and I go, I can't, I can't say what we, who we are any better than what they're saying it. I mean, I think that's really what 
what's really astounding me is that this has gotten such a deep hold on the fact that they said things like this. Um, we know this makes sense in small groups, um, discipleship group, and in class and chapel, but we want to take over the table part. We want to take over the cafeteria talk because if we're really excited about Jesus, this is who we're going to talk about in real life when we're eating you know, dinner together. Mm-hmm. That's good. That's so good. I, I imagine, Dr. Monty, I imagine that uh, it's highly encouraging to see a student progress. Uh, in other words, to see uh, to see the process of uh, you know a student at Christ Mission College come in day one, so to speak, uh, and then go through that first semester. You know, finish that first year. You know, go through. You know, begin the next semester. Um, you know, kind of, kind of seeing the the beginning and then seeing the development. How does that feel? What's that like? I I can tell you, it makes me smile. Uh, it just is so rewarding when, whenever in the old way, in the program way, when you got tired of just programmatically graduating, you stand there. I'm the guy as ceremonially hands out the diplomas at the end and make these lofty statements about what we've just done, and then guess well what's going to happen from here. Whereas now we get to see them along the way and get to know them. Look, most of these students, I've met their parents. I know their parents, okay? Not just in travels, but in phone calls and things. So we get to have these interesting discussions where we get parents that call and go, or they, they'll uh, they'll text me or messenger me and go, we just, are, they came back home for the first time on on, on holiday what did you do with them? I mean, there, there's like this transformation. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. I mean, that's that's when when God gets a hold of a person's life, especially a young person, um, and that's mixed in with the passion, with the discipleship, with God's presence, with godly people. I mean, that's just a that's just a beautiful recipe for purpose, you know, and, and launching out. And I love the fact that that you know, the truth is we don't know exactly where they might land. You know, they might be in ministry. They might be in missions, but they also might be in education, right? But they're ministering there. Their their calling is there. They might be in another realm or aspect of society, but they're clear on, you know, their calling uh, as Christians to uh, not only be disciples but to make disciples uh, and to and to keep the legacy going, right? I I hear you talk a lot about raising leaders and and, and deploying them. Talk to me about that. What about about raising people and then sending them sending them off? Well, you know, that's the Ephesians four model right there because. We're the equippers. We, we help equip. The, the, the cool thing about discipleship is that equipping team gets to grow on you, just like it did with Paul and with Jesus. And, and so they become part of that team. And in a way, they get to speak in ways that we, we can't. I mean, the age level, there's, there's these things about the, uh, I mean, they love me and I love them, but I can't speak to their generation like they can. So we're right. seeing the middle middle level leaders are the, to me the all important leaders that are able to speak to the level of the students. They're just student themselves. So we start with what we call a student uh, student student staffs uh, staff. So we run them through that kind of thing as well, and they're able to do that. So I think going back to your question, that that equipping takes time. It's life on life. It's not just a programmatic thing to say you got your certificate when you passed the program. I mean, the whole apostolic model was really approval more, first of all, the person and not just the doctrinal or practical gifting ability of mm-hmm. that. And sometimes 
like with a Timothy, he saw Timothy's his rough recruit. His mom and grandma know the scriptures like nobody's business. He sees Timothy and he goes, you know what? I'm going to take a chance on this kid and I'm going to take him with me. And we're just going to walk together. He's going to see what it's all about. And let's just take him from there. And let's, let's work with them. And I think that's pretty much, we do take a chance on that. We're not using the, the, the rigid academic model where, where schools go, we only recruit the five or 10% of the nation and they're at this level academically or, or, or um, their IQ levels or whatever. We believe all God's people are called. So the people that, that come to us, we see them as their God's uh, purpose to us that have been given to us. Now it's like saying, okay, let's work with this. Let's do whatever yeah. we can to work with this. Yeah. Two things came to mind as you were talking. One is that's very true about understanding sometimes those middle leaders. Sometimes there are people, whether it's a, a demographic that is just better equipped or better positioned yep. to really reach that's right. a, a certain group of people. I, I think, I think that's, I think sometimes even churches kind of miss out on that sometimes. Um, we ministry. do. I, I'd, I'd been missing that. I'd been missing that until we saw uh, the few leaders that came up and now they're multiplying and, and just hearing, hearing them talk. Now they kind of like are, are uh, what we call reverse mentoring. They're talking to me about how, how does this message, what are the implications of that? And what do we need to do with that to speak to yet another generation? I'm all ears now. I'm, I'm, I'm just like, I'm amazed at the way they come up with and express. It just, um, I can, can I tell you through the summer in the deep, dark, dark of the night kind of thing, I was talking to one of them and I'll, I'll leave him unmentioned because he's such a, he's such a, 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 a pure introvert. But in a moment he says, it's like, we just got recommissioned. And I, I mean, there's something that just fired up in me when I heard that, because we were feeling at the time, like we were getting decommissioned in the middle of the COVID crisis and the hardships of the financial hardships of the summer, money, money coming in. We were facing possible shutdown. This is no news to the board. We were speaking honestly to our constituents. Then this kid comes to us and goes, oh, no, we're not being decommissioned. We're being recommissioned because the mission still stands true. We still have a job to do. Mm. That's good. That's I'm sure that's very encouraging. Um, so we talked about the side of the coin where we're so encouraged because we're seeing progress, we're seeing growth, we're seeing discipleship. Let me let me talk to the other side of the coin, which is which is reality, right? Uh, what happens, or how do you deal with, um, you know, a, a young person, student, who maybe starts off on the right foot, right, but somewhere along the journey. I don't know, loses focus, um, you know, gets discouraged, um, you know, kind of falls off track. Uh, have those cases ever happened? And, and, and what do you, what do you suggest as a leader? What do you do then? We're coming, we're coming to realize that's just part of the journey for everybody because everybody's, cause I, I bring them to the story of John 13. Jesus just washed the disciples feet. He's at the beautiful table. Now they're having the last supper and he's got a Judas there who's denying him. Uh, you know, betraying him and Peter, who's denying him. It's just a mess. It's just a hot mess right there. Mm. John 14, one, he goes, don't be worried. Don't be afraid. You know, you heard my, my father's house has many rooms. He's got a message for the, these guys where they're just on the point of exploding. This group's about to explode and blow up. And they're about to go their separate ways huh. after three years with Jesus himself. 
this happens to them. So I think this is kind of like the college years, three years, <laughs> somewhere along three years, it's going to happen. Maybe not even just once. So we've yeah. come to accept that if we are allowing for the fact that this is the place to make your mistakes and to grow and learn from them, then this is good. I think that's a great perspective. I think it's easy for, you know, if you're in the shoes of that person, of the student, you can get easily discouraged. Um, and so if there's somebody who's lifting you up in that process, that can be very encouraging. That can be, you know, trajectory changing. But, you know, I think you're right. I think it's it's part of real life. It's part of um, handling those moments where things aren't flowing as maybe we, we wanted them to or thought they would. But I think that's where true leadership, you know, uh, like you're like you're saying, discipleship, true, true, um, godly mentors really play an important role. Um, so here's a question that I have for you regarding, you know, we're we're almost a year into this whole, you know, global pandemic situation, which doesn't necessarily look like it's anywhere close to being behind us yet. Um, what, what would you say right now, Dr. Monty, is something that you're passionate about developing or cultivating in CMC, you know, in the ministry for this next calendar year, as we're beginning a new year here, you know, what, what what's something that you're passionate about working on and improving on? I think, you know, we, this whole crisis called us to work on ourselves, to introspect and, and, and rely on the Lord and what he's saying. I, I was listening to a message this morning prophetic message going, if you really want to hear from God, read God's word, because we've had conflicting prophetic messages through this electoral season. And a lot of us are upset. I mean, a lot of us are really tired of that. And that just rang true with me because that's kind of where I am. I don't know. I can't speak for everybody else, but Mm -hmm. I can just say for me, it's helping me to dig deeper because I'm looking for answers. I'm looking, I'm rereading through the book of Acts and going, um, we were, this is the way I was looking at it. I can't speak for everybody. Acts 1 8, you're going to go Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, the uttermost parts of the world. It's like a roadmap. We stuck in our pocket and we're good map readers. So we pull the map out and go, oh, we're about here, about right here by now. And I got this, Jesus. You gave me the, the map. And so I'm off to the races. I'm, I'm, I'm heading down the road. Acts just doesn't work that way. Uh, 1 8, between 1 8 and chapter 8, verse 1, there's years that go by. God has to send persecution with the assassin Paul, and then they get scattered, it says in chapter 8, verse 1, to Judea and Samaria. So God just kind of kicks them out of Jerusalem, just like we've been kicked out of our churches, that whole thing we talked mm-hmm. about. And when we when we look back and we go to 2020 and now 2021, we go, man, the enemy has been at work. We need to really look carefully and go, that may have been God's, there's a, there's a, there's a blessing in disguise that God's kicking us out of those old habits, kicking us out of those old patterns, so we can be scattered to fulfill his purpose. And at every mm. juncture along the way, Judea, Samaria, uttermost parts of the world, every what I'm seeing now is it wasn't they go, okay, so we got to this boundary line where this, you know, wherever Judea is located, there's a sign marker. And now we're there. It's like the Holy Spirit goes, I want you to go here. And then you you went and, and, and I've got a plan for you. The Holy Spirit opens up and he goes, now go. There's even places where Paul went meant to go because, you know, Paul... He's this daring do guy and he's going to go. And when he goes to Mysia and he goes to all these places, God goes, nope, nope. Now, I don't want you to go there. Well, then where do I go? He get, nope, I don't want you to go either. Like on the third try, he gets a vision of Macedonia. He goes, okay, that's where you're going to go. And I really think that we're getting a better sense of God's direction because whenever God 
indicated there was going to be a door. That's one thing. But when he brings you to the door and he opens the door, man, there's no man that can shut that thing. And you're now mm. you're going now. And that to me is the exciting part is that I've had plenty of prophetic word. And, and I mean, it's, it's been mounting up, it seems like, and I've seen to me comparatively little fulfillment. It's frustrating. Then, then that year comes, I mean, we just got accredited the month before COVID hit. We, an eight year mm. process It was supposed to take 10. We did it in eight. And a month later, COVID hits. You talk about frustrated. I'm, I was frustrated yeah. and I'm going, now yeah. we've got a setback. Now we're slowing down again. And now the curtains have fallen. What are we going to do? And now I feel like God's saying, that's me. I'm trying to tell you that I'm not going to open a door. You're not going to see the way till I open it. And I push you through that door. Then you can go. And that's to me, that's, that's the book of Acts right there. Wow. Yeah. I think, I think that's a great word for all of us, especially as leaders, um, because, you know, the Bible doesn't exactly promise that we're going to know exactly what is going to look, what the roadmap is going to look like, but it does tell us that we can trust the Lord uh, and that his word is our lamp to our feet. And obviously, obviously his Holy Spirit is our guide in the process. But I agree. I think sometimes the things that we're looking for aren't necessarily what God is wanting us to look for. And yeah. all of a sudden he opens a door where we don't even expect it. Um, last question I want to ask you, Dr. Monty, before, before we find out a little bit about how to, how to reach CMC and get to know more about it. Um, kind of touching on what you were just mentioning, how it was, it was hard, right? And, and whenever you face those moments of adversity or unexpected kind of, you know, punches to the gut, so to speak, um, and discouragement creeps in, you know, what advice do you have for leaders? Cause that can even affect not just, you know, your role, you know, in the, in the college, but it can affect your marriage. It can affect your, you know, your, 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 your personal relationships, you know, what advice do you have for leaders when they're facing adversity or walking through difficult times? Just to say that it's okay to face that because like, whenever you look at Paul and he's talking to the Corinthians chapter two, and he says, you need to understand, he's talking to these guys high and mighty now. They've got these gifts. They got, and he says, when I came to you, I came to you in weakness. I came to you in fear and much trembling. I don't know how else to translate weakness into those terms but that. And he said, but I determined to speak to you, not in terms of wisdom, but in Christ and him crucified. He simplified everything down. It came, comes down to Jesus if our message and our ministry isn't Jesus and Jesus first, Christ is the center, Christ is the middle, Christ is everything. You know, what we learn in crisis should be Christ. And I think for us, even the program, whenever we talk, even in accreditation, we do the writing, we say Christ is the core curriculum. They kind of look at that like, oh, okay, uh, but what's your plan? And we're like, well, that's he's the plan and everything else comes out of that. And then there's 11 essential elements Then we came up with, that that determined the the college and you know financial and facilities mm-hmm. and all that and we talked about in 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 one part the twelfth element the twelfth element is Christ and His commission and the co mission is we get to work with Christ on this and He'll empower it to has to do it so I think as long as we keep we don't quit we keep going because the thing about the commission the first word is not make disciples the first word is to go and even if yeah. you're gut punched you're sucker punched and you're limping along. Jacob was limping along, um, but he had been touched by God in the socket of his hip. He was a mm. new man. He was a limping man, but he was a new man, a godly man. Uh, 
people can can now identify with your suffering. You can identify with them. You can identify with the, the, the herd of people as you go and you walk forward with God's plan. So good. Great advice. Great advice. I love that. So Dr. Monty, for people who are listening in or watching this podcast right now, and they're interested in knowing more about Christ Mission College in San Antonio, um, where can they connect? What, where's a website? Where can they know more about the college, more about you? Well, you go to www.cmctx.edu and get the information, apply, or you can call 210-688-3101. Or you can look us up on our Facebook page, Christ Mission College, and, um, and pick up from there, and, and we'll be glad to get in touch with you. Um, and then I'd, I'd welcome calls. Anybody would like to call and talk um, um, can also look me up on my Facebook page and and uh, we can take it from there. Wonderful, wonderful. And I just want to mention, if you are uh, looking for a Christian college, if you know somebody who's looking for a Christian college, uh, Christ Mission College is a great place to look, San Antonio, Texas. Um, strengthen the spiritual walk of the young people who get into the program, discipleship, 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 and a family feel, a family atmosphere. Uh, I love it. I love it, Dr. Monty. Let me let me just mention one other thing, which I know you're familiar with, uh, and it's the Avail Journal. Uh, in fact, uh, the last edition uh, of 2020 had a had a feature where you guys are on the cover, Christ Mission College. Uh, and there's also a great article in the Avail Journal about CMC. Uh, have you had a chance to enjoy uh, f- flipping through an Avail Journal, Monty? Are you kidding? We've given them to all our family and friends. <laughs> <laughs> of course we have. I mean, we've really, really enjoyed. They did such a good job, I think, portraying who, what we're all about. Yeah. I'm, for those watching the video, I'm holding here the, the article on CMC in the, right in the middle of the journal. Uh, the Avail uh, journal is an amazing resource. And I want to make sure that everybody who's listening or watching, if you haven't yet accessed it, you can access, you can claim your free annual subscription, free annual subscription by going to availjournal.com, availjournal.com. We want to give it to you uh, and, and to have four in addition, they come out quarterly. Uh, these are a great resource for any leader, for any person who wants to grow in their leadership, for any Christian who says, man, I just want some resources that are going to help me. This is a great resource. Plus, you're going to get to know more about a lot of ministries and organizations, including Christ Mission College. Uh, so make sure if you have, you do so. Uh, you can also know more about Avail by going to theartofleadership.com, theartofleadership.com. Now, Dr. Monty, as we're about to kind of wrap this up here, I want to give you an opportunity to share some some final thoughts, some last comments about you know anything that whatever's on your heart based on our conversation with Lord puts on your heart for all the leaders that are tuned in. I think just be open to the fact that God is bringing to the team, to the family, um, the, this young generation. I think for those that are true leaders, are always looking to raise up leaders. Uh, the closing statements of the Old Testament were that He would turn the hearts of the fathers to the children. The opening mm. words of the New Testament turning the hearts of the, of the fathers to the children and, and raising them up and helping to deploy them and uh, be a part of that process because it is an intergenerational work. It's not just us and them, it's both. Yeah, and It takes us, them without us, us without them, can't make it happen. Uh, the CMC vision, we do it and, and graduate students debt-free. So we see the deploying is not saddling them up with a lot of debt. I just encourage our leaders to be part of helping to finance that journey in whatever measure or way that you can and see students as kind of like the missionaries of the future to, 
to help um, to help push them through the process. I love it. I agree 100%. It's not us or them, them or us. It's both. And that's the way we're going to reach more people with a message of the gospel. That's where we're going to disciple more people. Hey, Dr. Monty, on behalf of the Avail Leadership Team, we just want to tell you that we are so proud of you. We're so thankful for your life. We're proud of your team. We're so thankful that Christ Mission College exists and we are believing that the best is yet to come. We just want to honor you as well and just say thank you for accepting the call that God has placed on your life. And we can't wait to see all the great things that are to come. Thank you. Ha sido un gran privilegio, Virgilio. Muchas gracias. <laughs> a great, great privilege, Virgil. Appreciate y'all so much. Muchas gracias, Dr. Monty. Muchas gracias a ti y a tu familia. And uh, for everybody connected, thank you once again for being with us for another Avail Leadership Podcast episode. What a great blessing talking to Dr. Monty and learning more about Christ Mission College and more about leadership. We'll catch you the next time here at the Avail Leadership Podcast. We trust you've been encouraged by this conversation with Dr. Monty Madsen. You can learn more about Christ Mission College by going to cmctx.edu. For more leadership resources, check us out at theartofleadership.com. And if you haven't done so yet, make sure to claim your free annual subscription of the Avail Journal at availjournal.com. As always, thank you for connecting with us to learn the art of leadership here at the Avail Leadership Podcast. Thank you.